The broadcast is now starting. All attendees are in listen-only mode. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another V Brown Bag episode. We've got a fantastic uh, guest for you guys tonight with Kyle Ruddy presenting for PowerShell for Power, Python for PowerShellers. So quick notes for everybody. We've got the V Brown Bag Twitter accounts here, as well as the Twitter hashtag. If you guys have questions for us uh, and things you want to get into the presentation tonight, go ahead and at V Brown Bag or hashtag V Brown Bag, and we will grab those as well as the questions that are coming live from everybody in the audience. Again, presenting tonight, we've got Kyle Ruddy, who is the transport for Kyle Ruddy's beard. I'm Joe Hughes, and we've also got Ken Nalboom. Ken, say hi to everybody. Hi to everybody. All right, Kyle, it is all yours. You ready to go, sir? Sweet, I am ready. I also right. quite enjoyed your Freudian slip there of you know having a great host. Yeah, yeah. Not so much the presenter, but all about the hosts. Totally. All right. Take it away, oh, sir. There he goes. Show my screen. We're going to see how, uh, how PowerPoint decides to treat me tonight. So, should see VS Code. We do. And should see black screen. And hopefully you see... Project Redacted. The brown bag deck. Yep. All right. Good to go. Uh, do you see the this go-to webinar control panel? Or is that only for me? No, I think it's only on your screen. Sweet. You're signing as organizer. Okay. Good deal. All right. So um, let's kick this off. Um, thank you, Joe and, and Ken, for, uh, for hosting tonight. Uh, much appreciated. Uh, shout out to Chris Williams for, uh, you know, really starting this series and, uh, and, and driving, uh, you know, uh, you know, basically, uh, you know, driving the attendance, driving the, the hosts, voluntolding all the things to all the people. Uh, so shout out to Chris. Um, originally, I was supposed to give a session quite a few months ago. Uh, I, I had to, to cancel and uh, and, and re, uh, reschedule quite a few times. So my original one was about a project that, uh, that I've been working on, some of the engineers at uh, VMware have been working on. However, um, it's, it's pretty much to the point where, you know, I, I don't think it's going to be something to really be shared this year. So we're going to move on and, and talk about something different. Um, so this particular session is going to be a PowerShell's, a PowerShellers guide to Python. Uh, and I'll get into a little bit about why that's important here shortly. Um, first, a little bit about me, uh, the person that's that's here, this voice that's coming to you um, over the internet. Um, my name is Kyle Ruddy. I'm a senior architect uh, who works for VMware. Uh, I focus particularly on uh, all things that are API, CLI, and SDK. Uh, when uh, concerning the use of vSphere as well as VMware Cloud on AWS. Uh, most people probably know me for, you know, PowerShell and PowerCLI usage. Um, however, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of work on some of the SDKs uh, that are out there. Uh, so that, that brings me to doing a lot more work that's focused more on things like Python, uh, Ruby, and Java. 
so outside of that, love the community, love doing stuff like this uh, at the V Brown Bag. Um, so if it's something that I, that I can share in paragraph form, it's out there on my blog. It's something that's code, uh, such as a lot of the, the demos that will be in this session. Uh, those will be out on my GitHub repo. Uh, of course, love V Brown Bag. I'm also a uh, occasional host. Uh, and then Twitter is definitely my social media stream of choice. Uh, so, you know, if you have any questions, comments, things of that nature, uh, you know, KM Ruddy. Uh, and then if it's anything that concerning about this, you know, just hit it with the hashtag VBrownBag. Um, and then for all of these contributions and things that I've done, uh, I've also been recognized as a, I believe I'm an eight-time VMware V expert. Uh, and I am now a second-year Microsoft MVP in the cloud and data center management group. Huzzah! <laughs> All right, so uh, one of the things that, that Ken and I and, and Joe were talking about a little bit earlier uh, was about, you know, VMUGs. And this year, uh, one of the things that I've been doing is giving a session as a keynote uh, at quite a few VMUGs. I, I think I've done five already this year, and I still have four more to go uh, in, in the second half. Um, and it's the, the discussion is around, you know, how do I, as a former VI admin or, you know, uh, what I'm assuming is a majority of the audience as VI admins, how do they kind of transfer or, or uh, translate some of these skills that they already have into something that's uh, maybe um, more current isn't the right word. Uh, I'll get my marketing hand slapped for that. But, you know, basically, how do we get from the, the point of where we are today into where um, a lot of things are or a lot of people are talking about going, you know, the whole quote-unquote DevOps culture. Um, and one of the, the big things that I, one of my big takeaways from that keynote deck is at the end is, you know, trying to find a common tool set in between your teams, right? So, you know, the, one of the core concepts around DevOps is, you know, eliminating silos, uh, you know, trying to work together in between teams, trying to work better in between, you know, management and developers and, uh, and, and infrastructure teams or system ad administrators. Um, and so what I mean by finding a common tool set between teams is, you know, when I was growing up on the, uh, you know, on the, the customer side, I, I guess, uh, everything that I was doing was, was really more focused on either VMware or Windows Microsoft-based technologies. So it was very clear that, you know, PowerShell was really the way to go. Um, it was certainly the easiest to learn. It was the easiest. Um, it was the most uh, extensively supported uh, automation tool available. Um, and and so you know a lot of the sysadmins that that I talked to and uh, you know having been one, PowerShell was where it was at. However, you kind of step outside of of that system admin role, uh, and you're not seeing as much PowerShell adoption. Uh, you're, you're seeing folks who are using either, you know, back then it was C Sharp and maybe Java, JavaScript. Uh, today we're seeing a whole lot more Python, uh, Ruby, Go, um, all kinds of crazy stuff. Um, and, and really, so the, the, the idea behind this finding a common tool set in between teams is, you know, being able to, you know, take, you know, not only your resources and being able to share them amongst other people, you know, breaking down those silos um, and, and being able to, to kind of translate what you have into something that they can understand and vice versa. 
uh, you know, one, one of the stories is always about, you know, I, I used to work with a storage team quite a lot, you know, things with, with VMware and, and storage and, and potential issues kind of went hand in hand and, uh, you know, storage team was all Python based. Yeah, sysadmin, as I've said, was very PowerShell based. Um, and, and it was really kind of cool for me to start learning Python. Um, and, and that's kind of what we're here uh, to, to kind of show some of the tips and tricks that I've, I've learned so far. Uh, however, outside of that, you know, not just taking it from me, um, but uh, uh, Dan here had a tweet that, uh, that actually caught on like wildfire, actually, uh, which was basically just a, a sh you know, uh, uh, an alarm almost to uh, IT professionals, you know, kind of diversify what you know today, because that's going to make you more marketable. So, you know, taking it away from, from what some of the things that I've been talking about, uh, which is, you know, how to make your your inner company teams work better. This is taking a look at, you know, how can this help you in your career? Because the more skills that you have, the more languages that you learn, uh, the the more of uh, the, the more ground that you can cover. So with that, let's uh, let's dig right in. Uh, so I have slides and then I have demos. So for we, we have a couple scenarios to go through and then I'll switch over and, and try and do some demos. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how my, my screen sharing works for that, but I'm gonna give it the old college try. All right, so if you're a, I should also say, you know, if you are somebody who is very well versed in Python, like don't turn this off. You might actually learn something about PowerShell. Um, although if you're, if you're somebody that's looking for some, some more advanced topics around uh, Python and, and maybe even PowerShell for that matter, um, I, I'm gonna be scratching the surface on, on some of the, the nuances in between the languages. Um, and, and then if there's enough need for it, I, I'm more than happy to come back and, uh, and dive a little further into uh, some of the use cases here. Uh, but so first and foremost, um, case sensitivity. Like this is one of those big things that from the system administrator side, you know, kind of, you, you know, you never had to worry about it. It doesn't matter if you type out a variable or a commandlet, uh, you know, you can change the, the capitals, every other letter, PowerShell's not gonna care. However, when you come into the Python, you know, the world of Python, um, it, it very much requires you to follow that use case or, or follow the, the usage of capitalizations. Um, and, and this kind of lines up with the Zen of Python, uh, which I, I believe uh, Chris Williams in, in the overview, as well as some of the other uh, presenters in this series have, have already discussed. Um, but the, the the piece of Zen of Python uh, for this case is explicit is better than implicit. Basically meaning, you know, if you use that case, you have explicitly stated that you want to use that capital or lowercase letter. Um, and so that, that's going to continue forward. It's not going to allow you to, to switch up. Uh, so let's see if we can, oops, let's go back one there. Oh, you're gonna make me quit the. <laughs> oh, PowerPoint. Okay, so here on our left side we have our our PowerShell. Here on our right side we have some some Python. Uh, I have 4K resolution on these monitors, so I apologize if you uh, if you can't see it. 
uh, I'll, I'll zoom in as much as possible to, to try and figure out uh, what actually it look, works. It looks pretty good. Looks good? Sweet. Yep. All right, so let's start on, you know, just creating a standard variable. Uh, so on the PowerShell side here on the left side, uh, I've highlighted just uh, a dollar sign, uh, V brown bag, uh, hello V brown baggers from PowerShell. Uh, I'll cover variables here in a little bit, but uh, for, for the use case here, that's just, just accept that fact for what it is. Uh, all right, my run command button is not so happy with me, so we'll do that, uh, do this old fashioned way. All right, so we, we have our, our variable that, that uh, has been created here. So if we just run, you know, dollar sign VBB, we get back hello V brown baggers from PowerShell. Now what happens if we change the, the case? You know, if, if you're not familiar with PowerShell, uh, this is kind of important. So again, I can type it in dollar sign lowercase VBB, and it still gives me back the same thing. Well, what if I change the whole thing to being uppercase. Again, you get the same thing back. Now, when you when you take that understanding and you transfer that over to Python over here, um, and again, I'll, I'll cover a little bit about variables uh, in a second, uh, but let's just take this one here. Sweet, it ran it on the wrong side. Consistency. Oh, I see what it did. Okay, try it again here. Um, so here, right here, we're in our, our Python terminal here. I just entered in VBV equals hello V brown baggers from Python. Um, to call out or uh, display your variables, you have to use the, the print uh, option here. So let's do this properly. So print lowercase v capital BB. We get hello v brown baggers from Python. All right. So what happens if we change our our case here? So we'll do all lowercase first. We get an error. You know name v BB is not defined. Uh, so let's say b hello Ken and Joe. Uh, and sorry, I can't scroll over there. So look at the, the bottom right-hand side there. So we've now created our, our lowercase VBB. We can do print VBB, and now it works. So we went from before having an error, then we created it, and then we're, we're now back to having something that, that prints out. Uh, lastly, we'll do all uppercase. Try and do a like-for-like. And again, we're met with our, our nice and friendly error here. All right, let's pop up our PowerPoint again here. All right, there we go. So let's, let's move on to our, our next uh, kind of big change that, you know, it, it's something that, uh, that as somebody who, who's used PowerShell a lot, almost take for granted. Uh, so indentation. So, you know, when you're creating scripts or when you're, you're creating, uh, modules or, or anything of that nature, um, you know, indentation is, is a nice to have uh, in, in PowerShell. It helps readability. 
but on the Python side, it's actually a requirement. Um, you, you know, this is how they establish some of the grouping in between um, some of the different areas uh, that's part of the structure. Um, so again, Xenopython, this goes back to readability counts. Uh, so let's exit out of the PowerPoint deck and go to our example two here. Uh, so here on, on our, our left-hand side here, this is again PowerShell. Um, so we have our, we, we just have a standard loop. So it's going to count out a, uh, oops, go back. going to count out one to five basically and it does not like my, my shortcut key here it's very disappointing oh and it doesn't actually count out to five because I did less than instead of less than or equal to all right so there on our left hand side We've done that. We have our readability indents right here on the PowerShell side. Uh, so what happens if we if we take out those indents? So again, we get the exact same thing. Uh, for the folks who uh, try and do these themselves, I'll change that to uh, less or equal than. So now we have one through five. So you know everything is still good. It's all in, in still a, a pretty good spot. Moving over to our right hand side here, uh, taking a, a very similar loop. Uh, you know, creating our our a variable up here with a one, uh, and then just going doing a while loop uh, until it is either equal to or or while it's less than or equal to five, going to continue running through this loop. So we're gonna run that there. So we see one, two, three, four, five. But if we change that and we remove our indentation here, you know, right there, just on on the first line after our uh, our colon there, it says you know, hey, you're you're just you're trying to call print here, and we're expecting an indented block. So it's going to tell you, you know, hey, this is this is not acceptable. So, it, you know, at least it gives you a, a pretty intuitive error message. So you can you can pretty much have a good understanding of what's going of what's happening and what needs to be resolved. So, Kyle, we have a question about indentation. Yes. Graham wants to know: Does the Python plugin for VS Code handle the indentation properly and correctly? Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, so here for an example. Uh, going back to our, our loop here that has no indents, if we hit enter, it's automatically tapped over for you. So, you know, if, if you create this without indents, like, you did it on purpose. <laughs> it, there you go, Graham. It, it was either, you know, user error or copy-paste failure or, you know, something of that nature. Because VS Code's going to do it for you. All right, so let's move on to our next point here. Now we're going to talk about variables. 
Uh, so I've, I've, I've kind of broken the cardinal rule of, of showing you something before I actually talked about it. Uh, so let's talk variables. Um, you know, this is the ability for, for you or, or somebody to, uh, you know, create something that's reusable. You can recall um, this certain object, you know, both PowerShell and Python are object-based languages. Uh, so, you know, you can recall an object very easily uh, without having to, uh, you know, run a, a, another uh, API call or, you know, run a new command. You can, uh, you know, get that back in a repeatable fashion. So variable thing with PowerShell, all variables are declared with a dollar sign. Uh, now, as you've seen, it's a little different on the Python side. Uh, the variables can actually start with a letter uh, uppercase, lowercase, um, and it can also actually start with an underscore. Uh, now, the, the one big cardinal rule to this is that uh, there are some protected words uh, that you can't use, um, that, that Python will not let you modify. Uh, so, so be aware of that if you, if you run into to something along those lines. Um, and going back to, you know, Zen of Python, uh, I, I don't know that this is really uh, I, I wouldn't call PowerShell's method complex, uh, but you know this is something that's that's fairly easy and straightforward to know uh, on the Python side. Um, and, and the one thing that I, I should call out because I didn't call it out on the slide, uh, numbers do not work uh, as variable names, uh, and we'll see that here in a uh, in some examples. So moving on to uh, example three here uh, on our Left-hand side, we have our PowerShell. So we're going to Don't do this to me. Okay, there we go. Right, so we're going to create our, our POSH or, or PowerShell shortened uh, variable. We're going to use write output to, to output the uh, the you know what's contained in that posh uh, variable you know as a result we get out PowerShell uh, so you know what happens if we do that without the dollar sign we get a nice red block of text saying you know hey this is not recognized as a commandlet function script file um, or operable program so, like, that's one of the things with PowerShell where if you don't use that, that dollar sign, PowerShell's not even going to bring up that this might be a variable. It's trying to assume that this is a, a, a commandlet or a function or, or something of that nature, um, not that it's a variable. Man, that's amazing. Kyle's PowerShell console hates, him, hates me as much as mine does. That's just fantastic. <laughs> Uh, and then so the last one, uh, what happens if you, you know, happen to call out a variable that doesn't actually exist? You know, nothing happens. You know, there, there's no output. Uh, that thing means nothing right now. So let's move over to the Python side here. We're going to create a variable, uh, uppercase P, lowercase y, uh, store in there, Python. Uh, so as a result, we can see that uh, Python was printed out there. Uh, so what if we change and, and do a very similar, uh, you know, command as, as what we did in 
uh, in PowerShell here, where we, we take V brown bag and store in there, Joe is tonight's host. Uh, print V brown bag, and we see Joe is tonight's host. Well, let's move down here. There's there's another way that we can create variables here. You know, uh, it, starting off with an underscore is is kind of a weird thing from uh, you know from my background. However, it works. So underscore VMworld, uh, we've stored in there the a string. The countdown has started, and we use print to output it, and it works properly. Uh, so next, let's let's try and use a number just for the uh, you know I've already kind of cheated and told you what's going to happen uh, but let's do it just to just in case um, so in this case we we see we have a syntax error uh, that we can't assign something uh, we can't assign this literal value uh, so again if we if we do print 42 uh, because it's a number uh, it still works yeah we haven't changed it it's a number uh, so if we actually change this over and do a, a print Joe H, uh, you know, which remember we haven't set this as a, as any kind of variable, uh, we haven't stored anything uh, into it yet. So we get a, a, a very similar error saying, you know, hey Joe H, it's it's not defined. So there's nothing to print. Here's an error. So let's go back to our PowerPoint here. Click through that. Uh, so next up, you know, when you're looking through some of the core concepts of both PowerShell as well as Python, uh, modules are kind of the, the next big thing. So how do you take what you already have, what would already exist in your installation of either PowerShell or Python, um, and use it against more things? How do you, you know, make it a little more user-friendly? How do you um, access things? Um, or, or make better use of, of things that other people have created and shared. Um, so on the PowerShell side, the important thing to know here um, is that as a PowerShell, I believe version four, uh, automatically, uh, it will automatically import uh, modules based on the commandlet it's called. Uh, then on the Python side, uh, you do still have to uh, manually import it. Um, however, one of the nice parts about Python um, is that you can actually import um, bits and pieces of certain modules. You can import certain packages, um, and, and that kind of goes to uh, the the usability uh, as well as you know it, every time you load in a module, that's something that lives out in memory. So this comes back to the Zen of Python, which is sparse is better than dense, uh, because you know when you do those sub resources or when you uh, import only the things that you need. Uh, your your footprint, your your resource footprint is going to be less. So jumping back out to our oh no, I I just closed it. Kyle, <laughs> yes. And this may be a question for the end. Graham says, but I'll just pop it in since you stopped talking briefly. He wants to know: Are there any way? Is there any way to call Python modules from PowerShell? So you can make use of some of the public Python libraries. Um, mm, good question. Um, that depends on how far down the rabbit hole you want to go. Uh, so, so uh, I mean, if you want to be in PowerShell and import a Python library, 
uh, that's not going to work, um, and, and vice versa. Neither one of those are going to work. Um, however, in certain cases, you can use, uh, at least I'm, I'm familiar with how to use PowerShell in order to interact uh, with, with Python. Um, so, you know, if you're in, um, say, you know, if you're on a Windows box, which I, I probably should have had up already, uh, but, you know, if, if you install Windows or uh, Python on a Windows box, which I believe it's actually there by default now in, in some of the brand new um, versions of, of Windows operating systems that are out, uh, you know, you can, from your PowerShell window, call Python things. Yeah, so you can call a Python script uh, from PowerShell. Um, in certain cases, like, you know, putting on my, my back on my VMware hat here, uh, we can send, uh, you know, through PowerCLI, which is, you know, VMware's PowerShell, uh, set of PowerShell modules, we can send uh, scripts through to guest operating systems through VMware tools. And as part of that, uh, PowerCLI can send through, you know, Bash scripts, Python. Um, I, I believe Luke Deakins has even done a couple other languages, which is kind of mind-blowing. Uh, but, you know, those are different ways that, that you can use the, the two languages to kind of interact with each other. All right, so if there's any follow-up, let me know. Uh, but I was able to, to find my script uh, since I accidentally closed it there. Um, so over here on, on the left-hand side here, we have our, our PowerShell again, working with modules. Uh, so if I do a git module, this is going to list out all the modules that have been imported into my current working session. So currently, it's just, uh, you know, two PowerShell modules and a PS read line. Then if I do a, uh, a find module in where to PowerCLI, wait, this is the raw. Well, we're going to just do this one live because I, I don't think I finished the script. Uh, so let's do a uh, git module name. We're going to see if I have PowerCLI installed on this system. Uh, so in this case, we, we have it installed. It's available. Uh, if we choose to, we can import it and, and make use of it. And since I was talking about it automatically uh, importing, let's do a like a get VM. So let's cancel out of that. So I didn't even run get VM. I, I literally just tab completed it. Uh, so let's do a get module now. Oh, and of course it cheated me. So let's actually run the get VM. Excuse the error there, but if we do a git module now, there we go. Now we have all of these VMware modules uh, that were imported just because I hit the enter button on uh, git VM there. So on the Python side over here, uh, we're going to make use of the random module, which I'm, this is something that's in, installed by, 
you know, by default. So if we just call out something that should work, uh, random dot rand range, um, just saying that, hey, we want a random number from a range of whatever we input, uh, which in this scenario was 100. Uh, so that, that has an error. It says you know, random has not been defined. Yeah, so this kind of looks like that, uh, you know, our, our error that we saw above saying that Joe H is not defined. Uh, so right now, Python is kind of thinking like this is a, uh, this might be a variable. You know, same thing if we call out just rand range. So what happens if we actually import the module? Here, let's do both of these lines. So we ran the import. Now if we rerun our random.range100, uh, you know, running that a couple times, we, we get different numbers that are within you know, 0 to 100. However, I was talking about how we can import sub-resources as well. So what if we didn't want to call out random.randrange uh, every single time? Uh, and this is... Yes. I, I don't have a question. I just want to point out the first random number you got was 42. And that's exactly <laughs> I, I did greatly enjoy that. I, I could not have done that any better if I tried. 42, amazing. I probably shouldn't have even ran any more, just left just it at that. Like, yeah, just I did that on purpose. Yeah. It's all the beard. <laughs> it's all the beard. Congratulations. We'll, we'll just call it a night now. <laughs> and we're done here. Uh, so, so if we wanted to import a subset of you know this entire uh, of this entire random module here, so let's uh, I'll show you that this is still unpopulated right now. You know, rand range still not defined. So if we import this line right here, we can now see that rand range works all on its own. So we have imported only that particular piece. It doesn't matter how many times I run this, I'm not going to get 42 again. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very deeply saddened by that. But at least we got it once on the first time. All right, let's jump back to our, to our deck here. All right, so we already talked modules. Let's move on. All right, so... I showed some things that were already installed by default, uh, but you know what happens if if it's something that is uh, provided by the community, or you know it comes from a, a third party or, or something like that? How do we get those modules onto our our local system? So in the PowerShell world, there's something that's known as the PowerShell gallery. Uh, underneath the covers, it's it's NuGet, uh, and you know for the the the, the user. You can install something just by typing in install dash module. Uh, so pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, luckily, Python has the exact same thing. Um, for them, it's called PyPy or the Python package index. Um, and this makes use of a uh, command that's called pip. So instead of doing an install module in Python, it's pip install. Um, and this is not a comparison between PowerShell and Python for our Zen of Python moment here. This is just saying both of these are simple. Uh, and if you've been around PowerShell for a long time, you know it hasn't always been this simple. Uh, we're kind of spoiled here lately. 
So going back to our examples here. Oops. Let's get our scrolling action here. Get over to example five. Um, so let's see how this works. So we're going to open up, you know, just take a quick look at uh, what the PowerShell gallery looks like. Chrome is working super slow. Uh, however, it did open my other screen here. Apologies again for the resolution. Um, but so this is what the, uh, the the PowerShell gallery looks like. You can search through um, anything that exists out there. Um, so something that I'm quite proud of here recently in the PowerShell world is the VMware.vSphere DSC module. This is out there. All you have to do is just install module name VMware.vSphere DSC. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Uh, let's go back to our VS code here. Uh, so say we wanted to install that thing. We, we already saw that you know, it's out there, uh, it's available. Uh, just to verify that I don't already have this on this system, we can do a get module dash list available, doesn't show up. Uh, in order to install it, you just run install module, you know, the, the command that was written out there on the screen. It takes a couple seconds, depending on the, on the size of the packages uh, that are involved. Oh no, did it fail? Oh, live fail. Live, live demo fail. <laughs> Theoretically, that should work. Um, anyways, let's let's move on over to our. Yeah. Hopefully, for most of our our viewers, PowerShell Gallery is uh, a known entity already. Uh, so let's do the similar process over here for uh, for Python. Uh, we're going to use our our web browser module here. We're going to import that until our web browser to do a get, uh, which is you know going to be opening up a program. Uh, which is our Chrome path, which is our variable here that points to Google Chrome. Uh, and then we're going to call the uh, the open method here to actually open it and point it to that URL of pipi.org. So going back out, this is PyPy. Looks vaguely familiar, doesn't it? Ooh, very familiar. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so even that transfers quite nicely. So let's search for uh, something that is some folks' favorite, quote unquote, favorite uh, SDK when it comes to working with VMware technologies, and that's PyVMommy. This is a uh, Python SDK that works with the uh, VMware SOAP API or the, the Web Services API. Same thing, just uh, different ways to, to clarify or qualify. Uh, so on here, we also still have our installation procedure, pip install, dash dash upgrade, pyvmommy. Uh, so let's head back to our Visual Studio Code session here. Uh, we can use pip list, uh, which actually I need to exit out of our Python session here. Uh, so we can use pip list to show all of the, the uh, packages or modules that are installed here. 
Uh, so we've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, but, you know, because we're in, in a terminal session, we can use grep. So we can see nothing was returned. We don't have PyVMommy there. So if we go ahead and run pip install, see it's going through and downloading. Uh, and, and the bottom right there is just saying, hey, by the way, we successfully installed PyVMommy 671. So if we go back to our list command here, boom, we now have PyVMommy 671 uh, that's, that's listed in our pip list. Uh, so just to verify there, uh, pip list is equivalent to, to get modules slash or dash list available. Uh, so let us uh, so we have to... not a question, but a comment from one of your hecklers. Ariel wants you to know that if you had tried to install the documentation, it would not have failed. Okay. Oh. So... I like this. Mm, let's just test up there. Uh oh. Oh, it's there. Good job, Ariel. There you go. Look at the heckler coming through. See, that's why I like hecklers. Every now and then they they provide something useful. <laughs> you know, it's too bad Chris isn't here though, because I remember last time it was uh, Chris and Ariel hosting you, where Ken and I were troubleshooting your uh, your API walkthrough. Yeah. Get that good one was fun. We, we <laughs> learned some stuff. Good memory. Hold the thing. I, forgot, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right. So moving from modules into scripts here, um, let, let's take a first look at parameters. Uh, so this isn't something that everybody uses on the PowerShell side, um, but it's it's something that, that I feel that once you've kind of graduated to a certain level, like parameters are, are something that you should be using. Um, it, it allows you to make your code reusable, um, and that is absolutely something that, that Python hinges on. Um, so it, when you're creating a script or even a module, or a, rather a function, um, there is what's known as a parameter block that you describe what your parameters should be um, and how to interact with them. Similarly, Python has the same thing, um, however, with that, you actually have to import a module um, in order to uh, be able to create them. Uh, so, can't remember why I put that Xenopython moment, but uh, I think this is more of a explicit is better than implicit moment, but nonetheless, let's hit up our demo environment again here. So we're on our sixth version here. Uh, let's get into, yeah, Python 3. Uh, so over here on, on the left-hand side, we have a script. We have our parameter block that, that's up here. We're defining our variables or, or what our parameters should be, I'm sorry. Uh, so in this case, we're, we're saying that the top one is true. We're gonna set it to uh, line up with a org uh, variable name and then it's going to be org as the actual parameter. Uh, similarly, uh, underneath that we have a name uh, and we have decided that this will not uh, be something that's mandatory. So if I can 
Uh, I remember exactly where I stashed this. Oh no, I've got the help there from, from VS Code. So documents in my GitHub repo. Yeah, example six, PS1. So if we do a git help, uh, which you know displays out the things that are available for your the resource that you're trying to work with, here it you know I didn't even create any other uh, any other help documentation for this. Um, this was strictly for this this example. Uh, we can see our org uh, parameter that lines up with our our org up here, as well as our our name uh, that lines up with that one right there. Now on the Python side, it's a it's a little more uh, more detailed. Uh, actually, so we're going to go ahead and, and import a couple things. Uh, oh no, actually, I didn't want to go into the Python console. So to to call a, a Python script, uh, assuming that you're you're calling it from Bash. You have to, to tell it, tell your terminal session what you want to use uh, to interpret the file that you're calling. Um, in this case, you know, Python 3. Uh, the same thing happens over on the left-hand side of the screen here. So if I, if I wanted to call that, uh, that PowerShell command uh, and I wasn't already in a power terminal, uh, I would just have to say PWSH, which is the PowerShell core shortened version of calling out PowerShell, uh, and then the script. Uh, so over here on back to the right hand side, we'll uh, call out to where our script lives. Uh, so documents, GitHub, uh, the brown bag, uh, x6py. It is hidden behind my go to webinar control panel. But if we use the dash h, which is that's how we call out help uh, on the Python side. Oh, I actually didn't show our arguments here, I'm sorry. Um, got ahead of myself, I was too excited to show the demo. Uh, so here's here's what the code looks like. So we have our, we're importing our arg parse. Um, this is a something that's built in, um, at least it was for me. Um, it, it's just a, a very nice way to handle uh, parameters and, and argument input. Uh, so then within our, our class here, we can see our using our arg parse uh, module that we imported and we're calling out our argument parser, storing that in parser. And then for each one of these we have, we are adding in some sort of argument. Um, so on the Python side, we can also give it two different uh, ways to call out the argument to the parameter. Uh, so we can either give it a shortened one with a dash r um, or a much longer one um, which is you know dash dash refresh token uh, we can give it some additional information such as you know, hey this is this script exists for a uh, vmware cloud on on aws uh, script that I, i've been writing and creating for vmworld uh, so there's a refresh token and go down to our next one here it's got you know shortened is dash o longer is dash dash org id uh, we, we still have our required true or false, just like what PowerShell was showing, uh, SSD or SDDC ID. Uh, and then finally, we, we kind of take all of, a, all of these arguments that we've created um, and we, we call out parse args, uh, which basically is, is just, you know, creating that output 
that we see down here. Uh, let's see, and, and then yeah, so one, once we have them, we call that in and, and we create, we have a variable that we can work with here called args.refreshToken, uh, which matches up with our, our refresh token here. Uh, and then we, we're storing that in a self variable, a uh, self object. So we've got refresh token, org ID, SDDC ID, uh, assuming we input all of those things, uh, then we can start working with those variables. So like right here, we're calling out our refresh token to establish our connectivity to our uh, VMware Cloud on AWS environment. Uh, so the purpose behind this was that, you know, showing how these these arguments kind of work, uh, you know, on the PowerShell side, we have our, you know, just dash and then whatever it is on the Python side, we can define uh, either or. Uh, and they both work out in, in the same exact fashion, uh, you know, dash R refresh token, dash dash refresh token, still looking for your refresh token, still the same thing. Uh, oh my, I just noticed the time. We have 10 minutes left. You can do it. We believe in you. I have confidence in myself as much as you all do in me. Uh, okay, so this is the one that we already called. Um, let's quickly talk about uh, key value pairs. Um, this is something that, that actually PowerShell and Python are very closely related to, which is kind of why I, I decided to discuss it in, in this session. Uh, so on the PowerShell side, we have what's known as a hash table. Uh, on the Python side, we have, oh, come on, there we go. Uh, it's what's known as a dictionary. No Python moment there because they're, like I said, they're, they're pretty closely aligned there. Uh, so for our key value pair on our PowerShell side, we have our, we're going to create a variable that contains a hash table. Uh, hash tables are defined by the uh, at symbol and curly brackets. Uh, then within that, we're creating uh, some some pieces, some key value pairs for who the presenter is, which is is me, uh, which you know we have a key of name, which is Kyle, a key of blog for kmruddy.com, uh, and then distinguishing feature, which is being put as feature and set to beard. Uh, so if we go ahead and copy this and toss that down there. We now have our presenter variable completed. If we do a, a write output there, here is how that looks in, in the PowerShell world if we try and write that uh, out to the screen. Uh, what happens if we wanna work with just a particular value? So in this case, we only want the name. We only care about the presenter's name uh, or you know the, the key for that one particular variable. So we can just call out, you know, uh, dollar sign presenter dot name or call out the, the dot key uh, that we're looking for. Uh, furthermore, what happens if we want just the values themselves? Uh, so we can call out, uh, you know, dollar sign presenter dot values. Uh, now, the one thing that I want to call out here is that if you notice uh, from before, we defined it a little differently uh, when it comes to order. Uh, when this, you know, put it out to the screen here and displayed it on the screen, it's beardkmruddy.com and Kyle. Uh, so it kind of is not aligned to the way that we, oh, I already cleared it, it's gone. Uh, here, uh, I will cheat. 
you know, so it doesn't kind of match up with the way that we we created it. You know, so it's it's alphabetically here by by our key uh, value or by our key name, I should say. Uh, so what what if we want to print only a specific value? Um, you know, so in this case, we're looking to verify that a particular key exists. And then based upon that existing, we're going to write something out to the screen. Uh, so in this case, a blog key was found um, in our situation there. Um, and uh, the value is camruddy.com. Oh, the fun of doing it live. Need a space. Yep. Spaces are overrated. Readability. Who needs it? Uh, so what happens if we need to change a value in our hash table here? Uh, there, we can use, uh, you know, just call out the variable, um, square brackets, uh, followed by inputting the, uh, the, the key name, and then giving it what the new value should be. So personally, I live in, in Tampa, Florida, so um, it is not uncommon for people to refer to me also as Florida man. So... Uh, we can change my distinguishing feature from being a beard to being Florida man um, just by that input. So now if we take a look at our, our presenter variable values, uh, feature has been changed from beard to Florida man. So let's now take a look at it from the uh, Python side. So again, you know, our, our variables are not created with dollar signs or anything else. We can go directly into the variable name itself. Uh, sorry, I need to be back in our Python terminal here. Uh, so we've input that. Um, one of the things that I, I didn't compare here. Um, so over here on the PowerShell side, notice there, there's no, uh, you know, it's, it's just straight equal sign, uh, you know, whatever the value is, and then enter. On the Python side, we have our, our key, our key name, we have a colon, uh, and then our value followed by a comma uh, to, to kind of delineate between the, uh, the the keys that are being input. Uh, you know, if you kind of look at it, it looks mighty similar to JSON and uh, how that format is. So let's, now that we've input our host variable here, we can do our print outputs, you know, again, very, very JSON uh, formatting. Uh, however, you know, like I said earlier, the uh, the it, it keeps the order. It, it doesn't change the order in, in the way that it was input. It, it maintains that order. So what happens if we want to get just a particular value, uh, in this case for name, uh, since we're doing uh, Joe, call that just the name. So th this is exactly the same way that we were able to do it over here. We call out our, our variable square brackets, and then calling out the, the key name. So same thing here. We have our, our host variable, square brackets, name. Uh, oh, no, don't do whatever you're doing. <laughs> Undo for the win. So there, there's also a couple different ways to interact with this. Um, host, uh, the variable, the, the dictionary also has a method, actually has a couple methods that's assigned to it, but we're going to use get. 
Um, so as part of that, we can use the get method to specify the name, the, you know, again, the key that we're looking for there. Um, and, and again, we get Joe. Uh, so let's uh, quickly hear what, what happens if we want to print out all the values, uh, you know, very similar to what we did um, in on the PowerShell side. And we see Joe, full stack geek, um, and then hat because, well, I, I've seen Joe without a hat probably once. And it was weird. <laughs> uh, so what happens if we want to then call out, you know, try and figure out if, if a specific key exists. Um, so therefore we're using an if statement. We're looking for if blog is contained within uh, the host variable there. We're going to print out the same thing that, that we did over on the PowerShell side. So here we can see a blog key was found. The value is fullstackgeek.net. Uh, and then lastly, what happens if we want to change that? Maybe Joe was offended that I, you know, have basically never seen him without a hat. We can change it because he's from Texas. So let's say he's known for barbecue. So we'll change our, our, our feature key name to have a value of barbecue. So if we now reprint out host, uh, there towards the end, feature uh, now has a value of barbecue. That's better than I was expecting. I thought you were going to say if I wasn't known for my hat, I was known for my eating. So, <laughs> um, I try not to be cruel. <laughs> <laughs> it's the truth. That's just mean. Yeah, but you can make that joke. I don't want to make that joke. <laughs> So Kyle, yes. Graham, Graham is curious to know, is implicit use of a method the better way to do it in Python? Uh, great question. Um, I actually don't know. Um, I, I would have to assume, like like in most languages, it's probably a, um, your, your mileage may vary. Uh, so test for your situations and scenarios. Uh, there's, you know, there's never a guarantee that, uh, that one thing is going to be faster than the other. Um, but you know, normally methods are going to be faster. Uh, well, so. and I would say even just being explicit about what it is you're trying to do, somebody else that's reading your code can actually see that you're trying to get that value because you might be trying to get the value rather than just display it to the console or something. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. Yep. Bringing it back to the Zen of Python, right? There you go. All right, so last big thing that I, that I wanted to cover, conditional statements. Uh, you know, I've, again, broken that cardinal rule of, of showing things before actually explaining them. Uh, but, you know, hopefully you have a, a, at least a, a fundamental idea of some of the things that, uh, that I've shown so far. Um, so on the PowerShell side, uh, things that are, you know, you have your if statement, uh, and then if that is true, you then have the commands that are going to run uh, because that was true. And so you have to put those commands into a script block. But on the Python side, this actually makes use of the indentation. Uh, you know, this is kind of a simplicity uh, type deal where, you know, it's indented, it's it's something that's required, uh, so that's what's going to happen. So let's go back to our VS Code here. 
Oh my. Sorry, my monitors really don't like when I leave PowerPoint in display mode. Okay, so uh, example eight here. Uh, so on the left-hand side, uh, we have A, which we're gonna store it as Joe, and B, which we're gonna store as Kyle. Uh, then we have our visually appealing indent, uh, which we kind of discussed, but we're going to use an if block. Uh, so we're going to compare A versus B, you know, trying to see if if A, uh, you know, the the uh, string of Joe is equal to the string of Kyle. Uh, note here that uh, you know we're using a, a dash eq for equals, uh, and then we have our squirrely brackets here for uh, to create our script block. And then within that script block, assuming that, that that if statement is true, we're going to write something out to the screen. So here we receive nothing back, uh, which means that, you know, probably a good chance that, that those two things are, are not equal. Uh, oops, these are all wrong. These are all supposed to be not equal. Apologies for that. One of these things is not like the other. One of these things is not equal to the other. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, so now if we change my, my statement to be the actual proper thing, we can see that uh, A and B do not equal one another. Uh, so the host and the presenter are different. Uh, and the host happens to be the A value, which is Joe, uh, and uh, the presenter is the B value, uh, which is output to the screen um, as Kyle. Uh, again, you know, I've kind of already showed this, so I'll, I'll briefly go over it. Uh, no indents, same output. Now, if we want to get really crazy uh, and not use indents at all, we can just do and do a one-liner. Uh, oops, forgot to change that to uh, equal or not equal. <laughs> there we go. So just in, in one single line, we get the same output. Um, and then another thing that, that could be uh, an issue here, you know, we've been using double quotes here for the entire time. You know, punctuation is, is a very important part of, of both PowerShell as well as Python. Uh, but if we change our, our our single or our double quotes to single quotes, we have a different response. Um, so we our if value is still you know it's true you know a is not equal to b, uh, but you know it's our our output is written to the screen in a very different manner. Uh, and then since we're already over time, I won't cover the I won't run through the if else, but you know, basically, you know, you can run this, you know, you can have if, you can have if else, you can have else, um, and continue running through those. Uh, so returning over to our Python side over here. We will create our variables. I had the Python side right. So 
there we see our, our the host and presenter are different because A does not equal to B. Uh, but what happens if we if we use the wrong indent there? We get a you know, hey, we expected a, a an indented block here, uh, and it's just not there. Uh, what else do we want to do here? Uh, so we can also kind of cheat the indent uh, by doing a a, a a shortcut here. So on a on a one single line, we can we can get the same output here. Um, one thing as I'm looking at this now, so the the difference in the way uh, also since I'm putting two lines on within the same print um, or, or same right to screen uh, usage here, PowerShell it's it's the tilde n um, this little jobby right here for Python it's slash n so just a little little bit of nuance uh, it's a little different. Uh, so let's, so I'm going to skip that one example. Let's run through what happens if we use single quotes. So we're still using the shortcut. However, in Python, didn't change. Our output is still the same. Oh, sorry. I remember what this one's for. Uh, so there's also multiple ways to output your your variables, you know, inject your variables into into strings for output. Uh, so far, I've been you know, doing a you know plus a or you know plus variable name uh, plus and then going diving back into the string. Uh, you can also separate it out by commas. Uh, however, I guess I will run through this because it's show you the uh, difference in spacing. Uh, since I, I kind of flubbed up the spacing on the PowerShell side, let's show you what happens um, on the on the Python side. So we have our, you know, the output is basically the same, uh, but you know, over here, you know, look at the period, look at the look at the end here, because when you're using the uh, the the commas uh, to to source your text, it injects a space uh, before and uh, before and after. All right, because this got crazy complicated, there's also another way to output your strings, which is a F string. So in other case, you know, we have print, then we have our F uh, for format, uh, and then we put in, you know, what we needed there. Then we just put in curly brackets here and call out A and B uh, for where those variables should live. So running this, Again, we get, uh, you know, our, our if statement is already true. We know that. Um, but we have, you know, host and presenter are different, matches up exactly, um, and we don't have to worry about the weird spacing uh, or anything of that nature. Very last one to show, which is a, called string interpolation. Um, this basically means that you inject your curly brackets here. Um, and then do a dot, dot format and call out you know where those uh, variables should live, uh, which I 
let's see if this works right. Yep, so in this case, it reversed. Uh, so I put B first and I put A second. So it, it goes in order that you put in through the format. So, so that's case, really similar to the, to the dash F operator for PowerShell then, right? Yes, yes, extremely similar. Uh, and then the last one was just an if else statement. Um, you know, if else, um, the one difference is for if else, it's, um, what is it, L if, just E L I F. Uh, so with that, since I'm already eight minutes over time, um, one of the the really big resources that uh, that, that you know has uh, definitely helped me connect some dots um, is a book uh, called PowerShell Guide to Python. Um, it, it has you know, what, like 14 or 15, maybe even 16 different chapters, um, kind of going through some of the nuances that I discussed, um, most of the time going into a lot more depth, um, as well as covering a, a whole plethora of, of other topics and considerations as well. It's even um, bigger so it's now, kinda, it's like 22. What? I said it's even bigger now, it's up to about 22. 22, wow. Yeah. yeah. He's been putting in work. Oh, yeah. Uh, so highly recommend going out to uh, to LeanPub. Uh, that's where it's been published um, and showing some love there. It's a great book. Um, it is actually so great. Um, for whatever reason, I somehow bought it twice. <laughs> I, I don't know how that works, but uh, I have two receipts, so I definitely paid for it twice. So, uh, and, and no, I won't share it. I recommend buying your own. The beard is now stealing your credit card. That's, that's true, man. It, the beard needed its own copy. It was that good. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to skip over the, the one more thing because um, that's you know, kind of the Skunk Works project, uh, but probably safer to not show it. Uh, <laughs> hit me up on Twitter if you want to know what's going on. Um, I'm more than happy to share what's what's happening with the, the Python SDK for, uh, for vSphere's REST APIs. Uh, however, since we're a couple weeks before VMworld, if you happen to watch this, um, in the month of August, um, and, and you're, um, or even really if you're watching this after the month of, of August of 2019, um, all of these sessions that are up on the screen are all happening at VMworld, uh, and they will all be online uh, and available to watch for free. Uh, so, you know, if you're, if you're going to be at VMworld, absolutely stop by these sessions. Uh, the top one is myself and Cody Diarklin. Um, where you know, we, we did a, a very similar session last year. Uh, however, this year we're, we're kind of changing it up um, and, and taking more of a vSphere-centric approach to it. Uh, and then the, the second one here is uh, for VMware Cloud on AWS. Uh, myself and William Lamb are going to be showing some advanced automation techniques, uh, which may or may not include uh, the, the Skunk Works stuff that I, I've been trying to be uh, working on with some of our engineers. Um, however, even if, you know, vSphere and, and that type of deal isn't your thing, there's plenty of other uh, sessions on that, that are Python-based uh, to watch and, and kind of take in um, that should be really good and, and uh, really fun to watch. Uh, so with that, this is me again. Feel free, uh, reach out. Uh, I'm more than happy to, uh, to help fill in any blanks, um, do whatever. Uh, so with that, 
thank you, uh, thank you to everybody that that joined us today. Uh, thank you to uh, to Joe and Ken uh, for for being gracious hosts and not heckling me anywhere near as much as Ariel probably has done in the chats. So with that, thank you, and I'll uh, hand it back over to uh, to Joe. Close it out. Alrighty. Well, thanks for attending, everybody. Uh, had some good interaction and quite a few good questions. Uh, I know I definitely learned some stuff and picked up some things I need to go back and look for when I'm starting to learn Python myself now. Uh, Ken, anything you've seen for open questions we haven't gotten yet? I think we handled it all. So thank you to everybody who participated tonight. You can always, you know, reach out to Kyle Reddy on Twitter with any follow-up questions or Joe, but don't at me, as the yeah. millennials say. <laughs> DM Kyle, he might be nice and give you his VMware email address. You can submit bugs directly to him. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. All right, I mean, so I, I mean, you bring it up, it, so I, I do have to say, you know, most of these SDKs are out on GitHub. They are open source. You are more than willing uh, and, and able to open up issues against them. Yeah. Uh, but if it is a bug that you don't feel um, you know, you don't want to share publicly or, or, you know, for whatever particular reasons, uh, you know, the end result is quality code. So, you yeah. know, please do share it with me if, if you don't want to share that publicly in an issue. I have heard that if you ask nicely that you will fix scripts for free. So, <laughs> not calling you out, just saying you're a really good guy for, for helping out the community. So, yes, people, if you need help, reach out. There are tons of available resources, even to the level of Kyle actually taking a look at it to help you out. Don't abuse it. All righty. Thank you all. <laughs>